This is a podcast from Minute Media. Oh. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast. Rich Hobbs here joining me on this pretty dour evening yet again. Um, We've got Stu and Gully. How are we both, lads? Glorious. (laughs) Stu Stu can't wait for these um, episodes after we've lost. I I, I feel like he's a bit of a... he's, he's He's got this kind of sadomasochistic kind of, yes, we've lost, I can get stuck into him now. Yep. Come on, boys. <laughs> so, what are you going to say, Stu? Misrepresentation again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we'll we'll talk about um, West Ham, which, you know, w- was pretty dismal from start to finish, to be honest. But we'll see if we can pick out any of the, um, any of the fun nuggets from it. But we'll also look at February as a whole um, and what could potentially be a bit of a season-defining month within it but also you know we'll we'll leave behind winter and we'll look forward to spring um as we go and preview the games we've got coming up in march (sighs) right let's get right into it and talk about the game yesterday um but one thing i really wanted to draw wasn't actually as my usual thing would say oh how did you feel an hour beforehand no no no. how did you feel uh 20 to 11 last night when you're watching match for day two because I'm assuming you both watched match for day two, when you saw um, the lineup graphic they did for Wolves, <laughs> which they had us lined up in a 3-3-1-3 formation with um, Dendonka as a number 10. Um, I'll it, confess, I didn't. I did not watch much of the day two because uh, I did not. I did not need to see those highlights again. But <laughs> I should have just for this. This is this is exceptional work from whoever put this up. It's golf croquet, golf crooks esque, isn't it? You know what it is. They they thought you know what they're probably not going to reel in the numbers today. So let's just have a bit of fun with it. You know, they might as well have put Jose Sar up top by looking by the looks of it. Like, I mean, the formation is one of those. You know how we had um, last week, um, it was the 22nd of February 22. So it was a um, ambigram and um, it worked back to front as well. It's sort of like that with this formation in theory. It could have worked either way. Um, but yeah, I mean, away from the bizarre formation, the, the beep had us in, uh, quite a lot of changes from uh, the defeat to Arsenal, um, Silver, Trincao, um, Hoover, then Duncan Marcel all came in. I mean, the reported reason behind a lot of those was sort of player fatigue. Um, we we talked, um, Stu, hadn't we, in the preview uh, to this mm. game that we were expecting changes? Did you expect that many and in that sort of formation as well? <laughs> well, not in our formation. Not, not, not yeah, no, in the 3 4 3, but. You know, actually, did kind of happen. Um, well, we, like you said, we we kind of touched on this um, last week, and that something would have to give because they'd be absolutely knackered 
both mentally and physically because of what happened on Thursday night. So it was hardly a surprise, but I think oh, we've been saying for, oh, we said at the time, it, it was crying out for a three-man midfield. I, I honestly thought he'd do it against West Ham just because of what happened and then for it to not happen and then to have Den Donker in a two again, which has been proven not to work all season long. Um, it was a worry. I mean, Hoover, we'll get into Hoover, but there's not much choices, unfortunately. Um, well, I was going to say, bit... you know, the choice would have been between Hoover, who hasn't played in a couple of months, and Johnny, who's played half an hour in 10 months. I mean, Gully, but what would you, would you have gone Hoover? Yeah, I, I, I tweeted in the build to be honest, that I'd have been more than happy for Hoover to start. Uh, I think in the context of the whole team, is where things started to kind of fall down a little bit. I mean, if I take myself to when I saw the lineup, I was intrigued by it rather than down in the doldrums or, you know, totally negative. But I just feel like everyone who came into play kind of suffered as a result of everybody else that came in. There were too many changes. I expected it because we we looked a bit shattered against them. Um, against Arsenal and I think mentally it took a lot out of the players but not like that Bruno don't change it like that yeah because like every change apart from maybe Trincao I think you we, we probably almost championed and, and maybe then Donker as well but we know we knew Samedo wasn't going to start because of the injury so we knew that was going to happen Ain't Nori doesn't seem to have the legs at the moment to consistently play 90 minutes week in week out for you know a really big duration of time and I, I could understand why you'd have that bit of rotation as well Martino just came back from injury and yeah I can see why you'd bring Donkey and I'd have maybe Stu sort of suggests you know three man midfield would you give Kundal another go in the midfield we've talked about Jimenez um needing a bit of time out the side which happened and I can understand why he kept Wang in because Large seems to rate him, to be honest, and he seems to get the most chances for us, unlike any of our forward line. The only one I think was the sticking point was Podence, but again, you could probably argue a bit of fatigue as well, couldn't you? Yeah, and I think it, I mean, we'll bring it in there because I mean, I, I tweeted after the game, about an hour after the game, after I'd calmed down, um, that it's a bit weird how we've suddenly turned awful since we've got a, a full squad of players to choose from when. When we only had 11 and two goalkeepers on the bench, it was like, okay, needs must. Everyone knuckle down together. And then Spears kind of did a whole article on this same phenomenon that's happened. And maybe because we were forced into things beforehand, playing your first 11, regardless of how shattered they are, um, would have worked better than changing half of the team in one fell swoop after after three days. Who knows? But- you wonder... If, you wonder if the Samedo injury kind of spooked him a little bit because if mm. he was on the edge, on the yeah. edge of um, his fatigue levels, they played him and and an hour really he, he pulls up with a muscle injury, then they're probably going to hunker down and decide, okay, we're not putting anybody else at risk. I mean, I spent an entire thread explaining that Pedence was basically undroppable um, after the Arsenal game. <laughs> and then Bruno yeah. decides that, yeah, I was entirely wrong about it. But I think in in the fullness of time, I've been proven right. <laughs> so I was going to say, if, if we can't hope then that this game was a case of us 
losing the battle, but hopefully going on to win a war scenario. Because let's be honest, the, the team that played did not, I was going to say did not play, they didn't turn up. It felt almost from start to finish, we, we were second best to everything. And if it wasn't for you know, having a very solid goalkeeper, this could have been a different story, in my opinion, because even our defence, that back three, you have been so stalwart the last, um, well, six months, again, just didn't have that same intensity we've seen from play with. Yeah, it was, it was too much disruption. It was just, they just didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> and so that, that's what it looked like. And for that much of a rotation, when we've never had that all season long, you can kind of understand why. So it's even though the, that back three are the same, you've got the players either side of them are different. Mm. You've got the players up front are different who they launch balls to all the time. So where's the outlet coming from? Um, I just think it was just a complete shambles from start to finish. And you can't really put any blame on anyone because they were all collectively awful together, like Gully said. Um, yeah. I, th- I think... But there's... When... Sorry, go on, Steve. Go on. No, I was going to say, so you can't kind of... You can understand why the back three would be more um, more leaky than they usually are because of the sheer amount of changes in front of them is going to have an effect. Yeah, I think we've, we've got this kind of mentality that we need to pick out individuals. We, we've probably done it ourselves where we will give player ratings, you know, on the Forza Football app at some point. And, and I'm sure you'll, you'll flag it up at some point, Rich, that, you know, each individual player has played to a certain level individually, but it's, it's just not the way that football works. Everybody affects everybody else. That's just, you know, it's impossible to not be that way. So when you, when someone says things like, oh, Keanu Herva is not fit to play at Premier League level, it's just a really well, strange, silly statement. No, but it, it, it is because I think if, if Herva comes into that team that started at Arsenal... I don't think you see the same performance from him personally. No. I think you, you, because he has players around him that are willing to take responsibility. When you look at the starting lineup against West Ham, you can count probably Cody, Neves, Silva, Fabio. That that is who will actually stand up and take a bit of responsibility when to, when it comes to making things happen. Players like Pedence will get on the ball, make things happen. Jimenez to an extent. Everybody that started that game on the periphery of it, when you think of Huang and Trincao, Marcel, Herva, they're all players who are probably going to look around and look to other people, Dendonka as well, look to other people to say, okay, you're the main man here. I need you to I need to kind of piggyback on the back of your performance and then things might happen for me. I'm not going to grab this game by the for the neck. And that's what, that's what ended up happening. Yeah, I've, I completely agree. A lot of the players that came in... Um, are quite passive players by nature to a, gr- to a degree. Like they're influenced by the game rather than they influence the game. Whereas you say, uh, I can understand why a core of our players were on the bench. And may I just say, actually, our bench, I think um, Tom in the group chat said, is this the strongest bench we've ever had, uh, uh, you know, in Premier League history for a club? Like, I mean, obviously half of them were, were knackered. <laughs> but um, you know you're right. It, you know Martinho, it, you know pr- prime someone who will you know if you're in a bit of a tricky spot, give him the ball. And we just didn't. Yeah, no, no one seemed to sort of 
seemed to know what the game plan was and whether that was a case of the turnaround between games, the the mental, the physical fatigue or what. But we seem to struggle. Um, my, my other sort of viewpoint is, uh, do you think we're not necessarily giving West Ham all that much credit as well? Because they did things throughout the game as well that made it difficult for Wolves. Um, you know, it, it was highlighted on match of the day. Um, and the fact how deep their wingers were and, you know, essentially pay, uh, didn't allow Wolves wing-backs to push forward. I don't know if that was a case of, you know, the Wolves wing-backs weren't effective in general or whether, West, you know, we, me and you, Gully, we talk about it quite a lot, but, you know, there's two sides to a football game, isn't there? Um, do you think I, West Ham deserve a decent amount of credit apart from, you know, to make us more dismal? I think, I think, we all, we should all get used to the idea that we're a very well respected football team within the Premier League now. Um, you don't hear many teams talk about our weaknesses in any way. Um, they're always of the impression that they're going to get a tough game, and I'd still say West Ham will tell you that they had a relatively tough game to an extent. Yeah, you know, they only they only won one nil um, at the end of the day, and they weren't. Mm. I don't think West Ham were particularly brilliant. They didn't have to be, but um, I also don't think there's too much to pick between our squad and West Ham's either, really. Um, they've got one outstanding player in probably Declan Rice, who is it was by far and away the best player on the pitch. Um, but when you've got, you know, Mikel Antonio looks knackered. Um, I mean, he still managed to have a bit of a run around up top, but he... He's not he's not a striker that I think people make him out to be to an extent. He's 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 just he's he's off it a little bit at the moment. So they don't look they're not as threatening as I think, as I think we allowed them to be. And it feels like an opportunity missed that we didn't go full strength and and, and really have a good go at them. I, th- I think as well that for the second time in three days, it's a team who kind of got things from the original game against us earlier in the season. I know it was mm. a long time be- between this one and the, the first game against West Ham, but you see how we lined up against them then, and it was pretty much the same game plan. And then Nolly followed us this time, whereas before we took the, took the game to them, Nevers and Matinho bossed Declan Royce at Molyneux. Whereas this time it was, yeah, I know it's Dendonka this time, but they had, a, they had a game plan to stifle us, which again was why I was saying three-man midfield, just to mix it up a bit, because... We've played half the season pretty much with three four three as the predominant predominant um, starting lineup. So to go with something different might have worked. But is that a bit Declan Rice? Catman Zuma was superb. I thought as well. Annoyingly, um, to be fair, he he the ball literally gravitated to him around the box, didn't it? It just it just felt like anything Fabio tried to do was getting blocked by him. Yeah, I think that's that's probably why all the all the idiots have been slagging Silver off over the last 24 hours just because he was he was made to look ineffective to some extent because of how good Zuma was against him. And he's humongous. He's, yeah. he's humongous. Mm. Like, he's massive. But for him to play that well, you're looking from the other way around, for him to have to play that well against Fabio Silva kind of shows how much pressure he was put under over and over again. So He was, yeah. Yeah, um... I don't want to necessarily go through every play on the pitch um, 
regarding Wolves, but I think Fabio Silva's one I want to pick out just because there's been a lot of rhetoric online as you've alluded to, Stu. I personally thought he was okay. Obviously, no one played great, but you could at least see he was willing to do the extra work to create things, even if it wasn't quite coming off. I mean, were you happy with how he did on, um, how he did on Sunday? I, mean, I was... I thought he put himself about more than Raul as in a whole month. Mm. <laughs> you know, he, nothing really came of it because of everyone else around him, but he never shied away from it. He always wanted the ball and he was always, he was always looking for that run. But whenever he tried something, there was no, like they showed on Master Day too, there was no one around him. And there, yeah. he, had ne- he had no support all day. He was bat- he, it was three on one against him, pretty much from start to finish. And like, what, what's the kid to do? <laughs> And I, I just don't understand where all this nonsense has come from. Because I mean, I, I had a proper dickhead behind me. It was, it was one of them where, from pretty much from kickoff, as soon as anyone lost the ball, oh come on, fuck's sake, and all this. And, and there were certain players I'd never do it. You know, oh come on, Ruben, you're better than that son. And then as soon as then Duncan did it, you're fucking shit. Like he was a proper favourite kind of lad. And obviously Trinkau got the the brunt of it because as is the way. Um, but as soon as Trinkau went off. Silva got it. He hadn't got it all game, but as soon as he, 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 he had to have another target, and that's kind of like where it's been online as well, that people have to point, they have to have someone to blame all times. It's just bizarre. But it feels like a weird person to blame in Fabio Silva, because... He's, if, he's just if next was, in line, eh? Yeah, and he, he strikes me as someone, Gully, I don't, don't know what your thoughts are. He needs to have Probably because he's not that experienced, he needs to have players around him, and particularly good players. And you know, Huang was ineffective. Trincao was anonymous, and we had no backing up from midfield. Yeah, it, it. Like I said, the starting lineup was not particularly helpful to a number of the players because they were all chucked in at once. When you think mm. about the forward line. And this is the kind of trade-off that we're in at the moment with with four three four three. When we play Raul, Bruno seems to like him dropping in and, and linking up play with the midfield. We then lose something in front. Um, unless Huang is playing, I think, who's going to make those kind of diagonal runs. But but then when you start Fabio, who is going to play on the shoulder a little bit more, he almost kills Huang a little bit because they're almost going to end up making the same type of runs. Trincao is just there kind of floating around not really doing much either way. Um, so unless you get, I think, another forward in there, we're, we're basically in a compromise situation all the time because without Fabio, clearly we weren't going to hold on to the ball. With Fabio, sorry, clearly we weren't going to hold on to the ball in the, the pockets with Trincao and Huang. They're not good enough to do it. Anytime you play the ball with Huang, up to Huang with his back to goal, he loses it. Like that is just absolutely, yeah. you know, you can put money on it. Um, He's got a two yard touch, hasn't he? Exactly. Exactly. But then when you play Raul, nobody's going to make a run running behind unless Wang is there. And, and, and even then it's, it's a bit hit and miss with him because he's not a player who he flits in and out of games. He's not going to be a constant menace. Um, so that to then blame Fabio just because he's been chucked in, to a scenario where, I mean, if you saw that lineup against Norwich in the cup, you'd have just treated it as like, oh, it's a, it's a rotation team, isn't it? Like he's he's giving people a game, and and that's what you expect in a cup match. But 
because it's a Premier League game, people are treating it like, oh, well, this is this is the level you need to be at right this moment, right at this point, and you know you should be performing immediately. It's just it, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, that, I think you. Go on, say that's why we always get so pissed off with cup games as well, because when when teams do rotate like this, it never ever works because <laughs> there's too much. And so to so to do it in a Premier League game is just bizarre. I don't, Keep Keon Herbert is basically asked to come and play once every three months. And expect and expecting to reach the levels of Samado. Like yeah. who on this who who on this planet actually expects that from him, seriously. As, I mean he's a 19, 20 year old kid anyway. Um but if I said to you, go and have three months off, I'll call you when I need you, and then come and I don't know, plaster this wall or something like that. <laughs> I'd I'd be surprised if you produce your best work. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not very good at plastering. Um, I was going to say, because I was about to make a furlough joke, and then you went plastering, and I was like, oh, I can't really go for it now. Um, I think it's <laughs> I just would, a bit... I'd love nothing more than to see you do DIY. It would be no, le- it would be hilarious. I'm actually all right when it comes to DIY, to be fair, because I've got the jumpers, haven't I? <laughs> like, you know, I'm in my fishing... Well, have you, fish have you knitted them? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> is that what you mean by DIY Rich? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it is. It was a very much just kind of alluded to the stark reality behind. We've got a really good first eleven, and even though we've got players back, that drop off between the, I guess, the A team and the B team isn't quite there, and the trade off between and and we had it under Nuno, didn't we? That the positives you get from a consistent lineup week in, week out for 10 weeks or whatever, it drops off because then you've had players who have barely played for 10 weeks. And I'm not saying that, you know, Man City have got it right or whatever, where, you know, they rotate, you know, half their team every other week to get fresh players in. But you don't notice that drop off. And Wolves can't afford to do it because of the size of the club they are and having people who always want to, you know, if you're not playing, you don't want to be at a club, do you? Yeah. And it, it's like, it, it's, it felt just like yesterday was just absolute melting pot of a, anything that kind of isn't quite working with the system and the setup. And I don't think it's Bruno's fault to a degree. I don't think it's anyone's fault, frankly. I think just a cascade of events of the last month all kind of you know tipped over at the end mm. I mean Man City you get away with it because they do like you said they do it all the time so mm. you, you you are still building them relationships because you still get them every other week rather than every week but if you do that over and over again then you kind of get used to playing with certain players and but kind of going back to the point I made earlier to go from not doing that for six months to then doing it in the space of a week, two weeks. Yeah. It's never going to work. It, it, it was it's just throwing gonna... everything up in the air. No, it, it, it was, it wasn't. Um, I mean, we've not actually talked about West Ham's goal, which sort of summed oh, up, man, do we have to? to be honest, didn't it? I mean, it, it took him until the 59th minute. Uh, Thomas Suchek scored on his 27th birthday. He's not 27. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. If I'm, you're telling me he's a, he's a Czech, years. Yeah. he's a check he's a check 27 is he? <laughs> yeah um, like you're telling me he's younger than me and you gully 
I know it's quite depressing. Paper round in that, Prague, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that is, he's had a long paper round. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I mean, yeah, just for uh, defending or again, it wasn't an individual error. It was like systematic throughout the pitch, just sloppiness at left, right, and centre. I, I don't know about you, but when you when Wolves get a throw in. I definitely don't feel like it's a promising situation ever. <laughs> like, even if we're even if we're in line with the penalty area, I'm not sitting there thinking, "Oh, we're about to cre- create a chance from this." We just never seem to profit from it, and how easily they seem to get into the box off the back of, you know, having a throwing in that corner was alarming, to be honest. And then I love the um, Romain Sace kind of playing hide and seek with Socek, um, <laughs> like. He did. He did the same against Brentford, if you remember, um, where he lost him. Yeah. Um, uh, he just okay, peekaboo, and like that was it. Just jumped out of nowhere. I, I, I'm not really sure what's going through his head there. To be honest, He's trying to anticipate where he, him probably dropping off for a cutback, but just opening the channel up for the cross. And that was it. Uh, yeah, Stu. What what were your thoughts at the time? I mean, we all kind of mocked Liverpool when they brought that throwing couch in, but maybe we need to do it because you are right. I mean, that, that was one one thing as well. The first um, fell throw of the season that in the air. Uh, ben Johnson, was it? Yeah, I amazing. Think. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. never ever see it. He's like, oh, wow, it's a throwback. Um, Just to make a, a Ben Johnson joke, you should get him checked out for um, banned substances, shouldn't we? Yeah. There we go. Yeah. How often yeah, do you reckon he has to put up with that joke? All the time. <laughs> Every day. Because he's really fast as well. Yeah. <laughs> when the, if you work with someone like that, you'd be putting like talc in a bag and put it in, in his locker every day, wouldn't you? You just would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, can you even get talc anymore? I know he was banned for a while, were he? Talc and yeah, because he had like something. Like, like, I'm sure. Oh, I'm going to have to look this up because I said insane again. Say it all the way through before you go to the internet, Stu. I thought did it, it ha- was banned because it had like like magnesium or something in it. Or like, definitely... asbe- like, like, like everything had asbestos in it, like the 60s. So like, yeah, you yeah, can definitely still. I'm telling you, you can definitely still buy talcum powder. If not, then whatever I've got in the nursery upstairs is worrying. <laughs> Johnson and Johnson withdrew its talc-based baby powder from sale in the US and Canada amid concerns over alleged links to cancer. So we're okay. We're okay. I'm not. Here, he- I'm not here in UK. No, mm. of course we are. we do what we want here. It's freedom. Brexit, baby. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the, that's the, that's the taking back control we were all after, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Talking back control. Uh, Old, old age women have breathed a huge sigh of relief. That's all I'll say. Um, something I found interesting post game was Bruno's thoughts, and we had a question from Twitter Corner um, actually, which kind of loops in really nice with this from um, um, Wayne McKee. Uh, was what is wrong with uh, Large James past two press conferences? Um, talking absolute bullshit that we control games and wants us to continue that way. Um, have I missed something? Um, to give you the quote um, from Bruno himself, um, from the West Ham game, he said, it was a good performance. We played the way we wanted. We controlled the game with the ball. It was a good performance, but the way we conceded the goal was unbelievable. Also, we were playing against a strong team, Fabianski, 
um, one of the best in the world at stopping uh, to stop crosses. Um, do we <laughs> do we agree? Disagree? Are there parts that you know make a bit more sense than others in there? I, mean, I, I think he's been possessed with now this week, to be honest. <laughs> I was just about to say that, to be fair. It's right at the, <laughs> playbook. It's right at the Nuno playbook that is to be here. Yeah. I mean, the performance is going to back it up as well. I think we need to need an exorcism immediately. Um, <laughs> he's, I don't get it. He's gone all season talking, speaking the truth, and whenever we've been beaten, like when... Uh, when we've when he's wanted players and he's he's come out and kind of slagged Faustin out in public and all of a sudden he started talking from the new no playbook and you think why maybe we could just because we've got players I mean it's it's like frazzled his mind I, I don't know where I don't know where it's come from it I think it, it pissed I think, me off I think at our, at our best we do control games without the ball very well we 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 kind of funnel teams into positions that they don't want to be in and, and eventually we'll win the ball back and, and, and we're obviously very good defensively. Um, we're not been a team to really dominate the ball entirely. But when he says we control the game with the ball, I uh, that's the bit co- that confuses me. We controlled the second half with the ball because West Ham were more than happy to just basically sit on the edge of their box and say, Kurt Zuma, do you think? Um, like, because we weren't a threat in the final third. Uh, if If... That's I'm, I mean I'm clutching right now at what he might be getting at, but yeah, yeah I'm not really I, seeing I, it. I was going to say overall we had more possession, uh, you know, sixty-one to thirty-nine. We, te- we technically had more shots than them, fourteen to thirteen. Just um, you know, they had four on target. We only had one. We had more corners, but honestly, did either of you think we actually were ever going to win that game or deserve to get at least a point? No, <laughs> not at all. I mean, we, we look at only took to have a shot on target. That was the first save Fabian had to make all day. And it's yeah, yeah. he's good at crosses because all the balls were just floated to him. I mean, and the annoying thing for me with that is that we've basically become a team that doesn't cross the ball anymore. So if if you think oh. the keepers great at stopping crosses, then I suggest you try a different route. <laughs> yeah, I I can't remember like this season Wolves being a particularly effective team at crossing the ball we don't get enough players into the box unless it's all you know it's usually developed so we win the second ball rather than you know winning the first and Bruno said himself if 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 Raul's head's broken like it basically is um and he's not going up for headed chances then we're not going to score goals from crosses like he's quite he's quite clear on that so that doesn't make too much sense to me but yeah I, I think Games like that, and if you look at our record right now, this is we've drawn, I think, four games all season. Mm. Those kind of games are the ones you just want to basically stick in, basically shit all over the place, and get away with the point, and and, and that's it. Like just forget about it. Um, but we we didn't manage to do it. And like you, you've got you get a vibe from performance where you just know it's not it's not going well. It just wasn't going well during that game, and. To a certain extent, all you want to do, get what you can, and, and get on. What, what did that Ian Holloway say with that that um, that quote about? Sometimes Forget a lot of night out. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to pull a worldie. Just get in. You know, four out of ten. Get her back in the cab and take her home, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, hard. hold on to your thought about drawing games as opposed to winning and losing them, because it will, will that will come up in the second half of the show. Um, <sighs> 
I, I almost don't want to do Man of a Match. Um, because we'll give it Fabio to piss people yeah. off. Oh, yeah. Well, not just to piss people off. I, I genuinely thought he was Man of the Match because he was the best it, of a. I mean, Saar didn't have anything well, spectacular to do, and he didn't cock up again, which he didn't really cock up anyway against Arsenal. They talked about it on Talk Sport today. Um, but yeah, I thought Fabio was did everything that was asked of him under ridiculous circumstances. So yeah, it's Fabio Silva, man of the match. No doubt. I'm happy with that too. I mean, my my shortlist was literally him or Saar. And I thought Saar was solid. And, you know, I didn't think he'd do much about the goal. But yeah, so there you go. At least Silva's got something out of the game then. As well as a hefty price tag still weighing Put him down. On the mantelpiece, Fabio. Yeah, exactly. Right. We're going to take a short break, guys. Uh, we'll be back after this to chat a little bit about February as a whole, what could have gone better, what could have, well, what didn't go well. And we're also going to look forward to March as well. We'll be back right after this. Hi, all. Gully from Wolves Fancast here, and just like all of you long-suffering Wolves fans, I know exactly what it feels like to be lacking a creative spark here, some outside-of-the-box thinking there, but our sponsors Pixel Yeti Media are here to help. They're a creative agency that cover all of your web design, branding and marketing needs, with our very own WolvesFancast.com, a fine example of their work. So much so that I hear Jeff Shee is looking to do a deal this summer. For now, it's back to the team to ask just where the Diogo Jota money is gone. Hi, um, welcome back, everybody. So we finally got through February. Um, I didn't quite realise how jam-packed it was until like, looking back at it today that we played six games um, during the shortest month of the year compared to next month where appreciate we've got an international break, but we've only got four games. Stu, I think me and you... Um, right back at the start of um, Feb, looks at the games we had coming up, um, and we're trying to do a bit of a points prediction on it. Overall, do you think Wolves did well points-wise in the month? Um, you know, it, it, exclude the cup game for now. Um, but do you think getting? what was essentially six points from five games in the league against Arsenal twice, Spurs, Leicester and West Ham was good enough. It's exactly what I said. I said we get six points from the, from February. And it was, I, thought, I didn't think we'd do it that way. I thought we'd, we'd win one, draw three and we lose one, but still exactly the same amount of points. Um, so it, it doesn't surprise me at all now. Uh, I think probably on balance of how we performed, especially in the last... The last three games, then three points is more than six points is more than fair. Yeah. So, Gully, back to your point you made before the break about drawing, and we're a bit of a dual die team, aren't we? That we we don't like to draw games. We live by the sword, we die by the sword. I'll stop using um, old sayings now. Do you think that sort of killed us? If, if we're talking, this is sort of going to be a seen season defining month. The fact that we didn't you know six points against teams that are around us in the table i think is solid but the fact we ended up losing three of them and winning two has almost gone against us if we'd have 
done what Stuart suggested and won one, drawn three and lost one, we'd have had the same amount of points. But I think the table would have shaped up a lot differently. Yeah. Yeah, like you say, it's 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 the games against Arsenal that you probably look at um, that were very finely balanced. Um, maybe not necessarily on the balance of play, but in terms of the way they went um, going 1-0 down against Arsenal at home, down to 10 men and and blowing the kitchen sink, to be fair, at them without really creating anything of note. Um, we probably feel like we should have got a little bit more out of that and got a little bit more out of our attacking players, I think, on that night. And then having been one up away, that was a bit of a gut-wrencher. Um, so, yeah, regrets around those two performances in particular. I don't think you can necessarily point too many fingers at the West Ham game because it was just a bit of a shower of shite. Um, but those two in particular, like you say, where Arsenal have gained six points on us, that's killed us a little bit. And that, it's, I mean, people talk about aiming for positions and, and, and you, know, you know, going for Europe and all these kind of things. The only influence you can have on teams around you is the games that you play against them. Uh, and we've let ourselves down there, to be honest. Yeah, I think that, that's sort of my thinking in terms of how the points end up getting played out because uh, it, it kind of reminds me of the old sort of Fergie methodology when it came to try win championships where he was always like beat everyone in the bottom half twice get that done get your six points off all of them that gives you 60 points you don't have to win against the likes of Arsenal and Chelsea you just don't want to lose to them and that was sort of my thinking a lot of the last you know well eight days at Wolves um, with with the build-up of games we had, the, uh, it, it was a case for so many of the games we just didn't want to lose. And fair play, we got wins, big wins against the likes of Spurs. Especially, you know, the Spurs went off the back of losing to Arsenal the first time round. But, yeah, it's, it's frustrating because you can see they're all close games, score-wise. So, the, the margins are so fine. They are. And uh, I mean, it, it It brings to my attention this, um, I don't know if you follow the other 14 on uh, on Twitter, which um, always pulls up a load, a load of stats um, around everyone outside of the top six. And they've got a baseline tracker table. Um, I can't explain exactly how it works right now off the top of my head, but I did read about it. And um, we're top of it um, because... Okay. Again, games against the other fourteen right now, we are performing the best out of the lot um, by some distance as well, by the looks of it. So when you think about fixtures that are coming up and uh, the way we performed, especially away from home against against the teams that I always say we're expected to beat, but we look like we might, you know, fancy our chances against, then we, we shouldn't be too pessimistic about it. I don't think at this point. No, I think that, that kind of loops in nicely to a question we had for Twitter corner from Hungry Like Wolf, who I've, um, I'm assuming it's the same one who's um, regular commenter on our YouTube page as well. Said, "How many of the fancasters live the bipolar matched life lifestyle um, rather than a bigger view, judging periods like February and March?" I mean, Stu, only because I know you're probably out of the three of us here the most 
reactionary out of the three of us. How do you kind of view it? Do you look at the last month or you or the last kind of couple of games, I guess? Well, if they can constantly talk about match by match, then we can react match by match. I don't think that's been that's been bipolar. You just say it as you see. Um you can do both. I mean, like oh, we've literally just said. I mean, start start of the February. We looked at as it as a whole. We got the points total that I thought we'd get. It's uh, and but you look back, you can't look at games over a block period because unless you're rotating like we have in the last four days, which completely failed, <laughs> um, then you could kind of judge it. But I don't think it makes much sense to say, oh yeah, because we got Palace and then we plan to the next game. It's just. You just, you just react to what you see in front of you, and that's kind of. If we did a monthly podcast, then fine, you'd react over a month, wouldn't you? But I think it's it's not bipolar to say, oh yeah, just because we were we were bad last week, and then we have to judge it as a month of the whole. Nah, nothing. Well, I was going to say, I, I, I quite I, a phrase I heard um, a, I think it was an American footballer, football pundit, whoever say use the phrase prisoners of the moment. Which I love <laughs> because we all, we all like it. Don't, don't get me wrong to a degree. And I think, again, because we've kind of got the opportunity to look back at February as a whole. I remember that Leicester City show we did. And the thing that was so startling about that is I remember just going away from saying, you know what? I think it was you good. And you went, we didn't actually play very well there, did we? And, but, you know, that, but, but I, I think, I, I, I think I also said on that same podcast, you know what? It's happening. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're killing me. Sure, you're killing I'm me. Sure, I'm pretty sure if you listen back, I got looking at the maths and the lead table and all the, the ramifications, and I was sitting there going, hey, look, if Nuno left us with one thing, he left us with the phrase, dreaming is for free. And if we can't do that at this point in time, as a Wolves fan, given our history... I think you know you must be a miserable bastard if you if you're not gonna you know get a little bit excited about these things. Yeah. Um, as I say, before we go go on to March, let's have a look at our tables sort of stacking up now. We've still got our game in hand from Watford, um, which is kind of I guess the game that we still need to play to catch up with the likes of West Ham. There's now a five point gap between us and West Ham now, um, even with a game. Um, when Wolves have got a game in hand. Looking at the table now, where do you think Wolves will finish? Do we think there's any chance that we'll finish in the Champions League? Let's, you know, that's that's that, that's the top of where we could finish, isn't it? Do we think we've got any realistic chance of finishing there? No. <laughs> Not a chance in hell. Did, did we ever? Not really. If I think it's it's like I said a few weeks ago that it's it's all well and good us going on a decent run, but you you're looking at teams who never drop points, dropping points, and more than one of them doing that. Um, so I think it was it was a tall ask, and it, it was you can dream for free all you want, but you always wake up to a nightmare. Um, <laughs> you sound there's like that, every, every that miserable. Ever. There's that miserable bastard I was referring to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I think, weirdly, you look at the teams above us, 
I don't know. He's saying I don't know who you're referring to that of teams that aren't dropping points very often because the likes of Man United are there, the likes of Spurs are there, Arsenal are on their way to becoming a good side, I think, um, but they're still not quite there. Um, and West Ham, I, I I don't see West Ham sustaining it because of their their squad size and relying on players consistently. I, I, I just don't think they're that good. Um, I don't. That doesn't mean I think we're going to finish top four. I, th- I think. For me, we want to be aiming for 60 points. That's an improvement on anything we've done so far with this team. Um, and where that lands us is is anybody's guess, really. I think it's top seven, generally speaking. Um, but that's a realistic aim. 20 points over the course of the last 12 games. That's, that shouldn't be out of our reach. Um, so let's just look at it that way. Um, I mean... You, you don't trust the teams above us to really, really go go and stretch, you know, the the, the gap. I, I don't know. Man United in fourth on 47. I don't sit there and think, you know what, don't even think about it anymore. Because it's Man United. It's Man United. They're terrible. But that was, that was my point, though. If it was just them, then fine. But it's relying on all four of them above us to not drop any points in us gain now. Well, well, could be four points on them if we if we beat Watford, um, which again is perfectly doable. But I just don't see that many teams dropping that many points and us going on a run, uh, well, a run of champions to um, to make more than sixty points. I just don't see. I think the good the good thing that we we can see at this point though is the daylight between us and ninth. Like that's that should be that should be seen as a positive. Especially yeah. with the way we entered the season, because we weren't we weren't feeling hopeful about it. Um, so, yeah, and Southampton are on a good run of form. They're playing well, and they're still within a couple a couple of results away from us. So, um, I was going to say yeah. the two points you've leaded on really nicely, actually, Gully, because I think in terms of looking up, I think the goal difference is a very big indicator of league position as much as anything else. And we're on the same amount as Spurs, I think it is, but everyone else is markably higher um but actually you look behind us and we've got five points and the goal difference bump would Wolves finishing eighth if, if the season sort of rides out in you know i guess numerical fashion and we finish eighth would we class that as a as a good first season under bruno or would we feel as a missed opportunity I still think any a top half finish should be a great achievement after what he's had to deal with. Hadn't tied behind his back all season long. Half the squad being injured at one point or another, an already tiny squad anyway. Um, having to adapt his usual system to the play, like he said, to the players that he's got here. Um, so all said and done, I, th- I still think top half would be an amazing achievement and much better, and better than I thought we'd do. I do think that. We should just kind of accept the fact that we are a team that plays on fine margins. So there are going to be results that just kind of go here or there. And I think Bruno's accepted the fact that we're going to have to play this way and ride it out to the end of the season and basically Mm. just be like, okay, fine. This is what the team's used to. This is what they're good at. And you know what? We'll get some results here. We won't get some results there. It's just a case of making sure we're on the right side of it more often than not. And that's why we're not going out and scoring loads of goals. It's why we're trying to keep clean sheets in every single game that we're playing. I'm not sitting here expecting us to go and, and you know, 
bludgeoning a load of goals um, for the second half of this season. And to be fair, everyone keeps saying it. Oh, we haven't. They keep looking at the figure overall since January. We have picked up in that regard. We are scoring more goals. It's it's getting better, but this team is good at keeping them out. It's not good at scoring them. So if you want to finish well this season, Bruno doesn't want to go reckless with it. He could, and I'd love to see it, to be fair, because I think that'd be quite fun. Um, but until he can then uh, set up his team with a back four and an extra forward at the top end of the pitch, I think we're just going to manage our way through and see where we go. Well, looking at the games we've got coming up in March, um, I'm feeling quite positive about the next four games. Um, don't know about you guys. Pat Palace at home. Um, but I was going to say, oh, completely messed up. And I was going to say we're playing Watford away. No, it's, it's Palace at home, Watford at home, Everton away, and then Leeds at home for the first four games in March. I mean, not to sound too mental. Got to be aiming for 12 points, surely. <laughs> You know what happens when it's all, all it's the easy month. It never works like that ever. And well, after what Palace did to us at their place when they absolutely battered us and started feeling pressed us all over the pitch. If he if he lines up with a with a midfield two again, then I, I can't see anything other than the same thing happening again. Especially with the form of Zahara and Elise now as well. It's that's the one I, I think we drop points at. Watford are shit beyond beyond bad. Um, Everton. We ain't got a great record there, but they're not no great shakes either, are they, this season? Um, and Leeds with the new manager bounce, which you'd think it'd still be kind of there then. So it's going to be, it'll be tougher for, in three of them games than you think it would be on paper. I they're think all tough games, aren't they? I mean, I'm, you know, we're going to go cliche, Sam. There is no such thing as an easy game in the Premier yeah. League, unless it's Watford. Um, but. Um, now, in, in all seriousness, there really isn't. But I feel like it's the kind of run of fixtures we could do with at this point in time. Um, you know, where we can build a bit of a superiority complex against these teams because we have better players. We have a better manager. We're at higher up in the league. We've played well for the majority of the season. These are the games where you've got to try and impose yourself on these teams. And I think... Palace away will have learned a lot from that game. And Bruno, we know, is a meticulous guy. He'll understand where their strengths lie and where he can probably pick a few holes. It's almost, they might be a bit victim of their success in that regard. Um, Watford, I, I mean, famous last words, but I just don't see how they would beat us, really. They've got, I mean, to be fair, Ishmael Asar and uh, Emmanuel Dennis are pretty good players, but you've got to trust our defence in that situation. I think you trust our defence to keep teams out. Frank Lampard, don't trust him to put a, put a team together that's going to stop stop conceding goals. So I see us going there and doing a bit of a job on him, come away with a one nil, typical of the Bruno era. And and Leeds, I think, I just think Leeds, are, in terms of their squad. I think it's a championship team that Bielsa's kind of lifted to another level based on their mental way of playing. Um, I can't see another manager coming in and getting that group of players to be a competent Premier League team. I, I can't see it if, you, if you're really asking me. like They're just not that good. 
No, that back that back four slash five with the goalkeeper is not yeah, of, of Premier League ilk. It it reminds me of Bournemouth. Of a, you know, it was held together, you know, with paper clips and blue tag. But as soon as like it slightly comes apart, you're just gonna get ripped to shreds. And you know, that's what's happening. That's what's happened Ruff- Leeds in the last month. Rafinha is in for a tough second half of the season, I think. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. what Russ said about Rafinha. You agree <laughs> with him now? Oh my God, are you joking me? <laughs> you are. You you just said he. No, he's he's good. As in, he's going to be carrying that team like entirely, but he's going to have to do a lot more of the, of the lifting than he has been at, to this point. Mm-hmm. And we are going to point out as well the Leeds did a number on us at Ellen Road as well in the same. They did to be fair. Yeah, they did so, to be fair. But again, new managing new system. If you are right, I mean they're there because of Bielsa, and they're probably going to go down because of Bielsa as well. But the um, the some of the parts are shit. Let's <laughs> be honest; they are mm. still, and they, they are. It's very much um, on the, the McCarthy era at the end, where the, the players were had overachieved massively. You can only do that for certain so long, can't you? So, yeah. I mean, out of those next four games, then how many points do you think Wolves are going to get? Bearing in mind, and, and no no pressure on this, Gully, and I won't pick it on you because you mentioned it. If, if the aim is to get to 60 points, so that's an extra 20 points, that's six, uh, six wins, two draws, I think we'd need to get to that. So would these be four of those six for you? I think, I think you go for, you get, I think you pick up 10 points here. I think, genuinely. And I'll be pleased with that. More than happy with that. Stu, how about you? How many points do you think we're going to get? Um, beat Watford. That's that. That one's a given. <laughs> Not beating Watford is unacceptable. There's no excuse for that. Um, is it really a seven thirty kickoff? Wait, yeah. Can, yeah, can I just some... ca- can I just caveat my point very quickly? As long as he plays Pedence. <laughs> would you are you saying that like for any game upcoming that you're happy as long as we play Pedence oh as in like I'm just happy to see him just watch yeah. yeah yeah that's my imaginary three points there just just seeing the man's <laughs> name on the team sheet um, no I just think he's the key to us getting getting results yeah. I really do yeah yeah so I mean so there's your three against Watford and then it's either it's either a win against a win and a draw against Everton and Leeds or two draws. I just can't I just can't see us getting as many points as we hope that we should do. I mean, I'm already I'm already taking the fact that Palace will beat us. That's just big. I've just got a bad feeling about that game. I don't know why. Um, but seven, I'd say seven, and being optimistic. Yeah, I really wanted to do a gully and go, oh, we'll win three and draw one. I think I'm going to go seven as well, but I don't quite know where we'll drop the points. I think that's the weird thing that they've all got on paper. Yeah, we're we're eight from the league. We should be winning all these games, particularly against, you know, Watford, Everton, Leeds are all battling relegation. Um, 
but at the same time, you see it happen. Yeah, I, I'm going to go. For, I'll go seven. I think, um, and you know, it gets us part of the way there, doesn't it? Or we'll do the cover. I think what Stuart you referred to as classic Wolves lose to Palace, have a meltdown that we've lost three games on the spin, and then we should, you know, we kind of grind out a win against Watford, play exceptionally well at Everton, beat them three 0 and then grind out a one 0 win against Leeds, and it's like, oh well, we're just, you know, back on. It's really, you know, it's really weird. Like Thursday, Sundays, like they're either unbelievable or they're an absolute tragedy. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm leaning towards the unbelievable because we're going to get a nice little win at home on the Thursday at Watford, go all happy, happy, clappy up to Goodison Park, and then just turn up and and roll them over as well. But it could quite easily be nervy, shitty little Molyneux losing at one nil to Watford, and then we turn up at Goodison and and Frank Lampard's Everton. <laughs> Turn us over. Like it, it feels like it could be fifty-fifty in that yeah. sense. But. Yeah, I mean, I know we can guarantee that the atmosphere will be absolutely atrocious against Watford. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it will need a lot to get us up for that game. I get the feel. Um, right, shall we round off some questions from Twitter Corner? Right, um, this one wasn't actually from Twitter Corner. Um, it was from Email Corner. Um, but it's from Caitlin in Richmond, Virginia. Hello, fancast crew. I'm a Wolves fan from the States, which is an isolating enough experience. But after a disappointing pair of games we've just had, I feel the full force of the lonely wait for our next chance to pick up points. What's the most Wolverhampton way to cope with these dull games? <laughs> Look, always a highlight of the week. <laughs> um, what's, yeah. the War- what's the Wolverhampton way to... Get through it. Apart from you know talking to two other people on a the day after a game for an hour about it, drink. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's definitely a wolf. I mean, I guess any football fan. As soon as you lose, you want a game like within three yeah. hours just to get get it out of your system, don't you? But um, no, I'm going the complete other way. I mean, like normally, I mean, I, I I don't know how I managed to watch match day two last night after that. No. Normally, I wouldn't bother until like Wednesday or whatever, but. I, I thought, well, I'll, I'll put a bit of Quest on. Let's cheer myself up there. And I'll Pat Nevin, Pat Nevin on Cocoms on Quest. The, uh, That's the treat. Carabao oh, Cup highlights. And that kind of rejuvenated me, hearing his happy little voice. And then <laughs> seeing, um, seeing Ali McCoy's t- uh, <laughs> Borough Market today. <laughs> and you kind of think, oh, okay, now I'm back. And now I'll listen to the Totally Show as well. And I'm on back in this week. But normally, I'd, I'd sulk and I'd do something else. Oh, and no. I wouldn't watch any football. I mean, Albion getting battered again, which is fun um, tonight. So... Now I'm back into it, but ordinarily it'd be take my mind off it completely and watch something else. Go and watch Peacemaker; that'll cheer you up. It's not Wolverhampton just, at all, but yeah, I was going to say the Wolverhampton way is probably to just embrace it and be a miserable prick for a week um, until you turn up, get your chance to have a moan at them again, and then hopefully <laughs> moan them into playing well, which is which is what works, isn't it? Isn't that what happens at Molyneux? Exactly. We, we whinge and whinge and whinge, and then all of a sudden the players start playing well, don't they? Yeah, and they play well because of the whinging, whether it's Absolutely. online or at the ground, where they can hear your specific criticisms of their, you know, elite. It's entirely productive. All yeah. that stuff, all that talk about, oh, pull, lump it forward, don't go backwards. 
all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Play as a team. Yeah, yeah, all of that. Yeah. I love that. The players love yeah. that. I, I, I've heard it, uh, you know, especially like the comments and I'm guessing direct messages on social media as well. I can imagine they really appreciate it. Um, right, uh, double question from Bradders, who's a regular contributor. Um, what do you think Bruno saw in the West Ham loss that made him happier than when... Uh, than when he was beat when from when he was when we beat Leicester there we go I mean we can't cover that bit in the show but it seemed a bit of just odd that I don't think either performance was great against Leicester or West Ham but it seems yeah it might have just been doing it for for players or something I don't know yeah, um, very Mourinho thing to do a eh? protecting yeah. the players after a shit performance like that Especially the ones that have come in and, and, and not played much. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that might that might be it. To be fair, because he knows they've been on hiding for nothing, and a lot of them haven't had a lot of game time. Um, maybe I haven't done Bruno enough credit in the first half of the show. So anyone who stopped listening half an hour ago, um, you won't hear this part. But yeah, there we go. We finally we finally worked it out an hour in. Um, the other part, other question was Erling Haaland agrees to join Wolves if one of the fan cast crew gives him an unforgettable night out in Wolverhampton, which one of you does it? Where do you take him? Stu? Why is it? <laughs> it wouldn't I, be I, me. I don't go out. I don't know. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like Kim could give, Kim, uh, yeah. Kim, oh. give him a good, good talk. Well, yeah, she, she, she's uh, careful how you phrase this. Yes. <laughs> Kim's a big drinker. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, no. Kim is, um, Kim is setting around her only fans site up soon, people. So uh, <laughs> Jesus get ready for Christ. that. Um, get... yeah, but Kim, Kim knows that, more. Dude. Kim knows better places than me. I mean, it'd be drink mild and get to the Gifford, wouldn't it? Or go to Planet. <laughs> that's not, that's not a legitimate answer. <laughs> Kim, Kim is more cultured than we are. So yeah, yeah, probably. But I do think Erling Haaland is the kind of bloke who would rather just like take over a kid's football match or something. Like going on in, in a park somewhere and just eat a football, and then just probably, I don't know, watch something online at home, like the freaking South American Premier League or something like that. Like just, just he's just an absolute robot, isn't he? I mean, I can see him. I think you're more likely going to see him sitting on the throne at Gifford than you are sipping a cocktail in, you know, Parisian. Or, yeah, in a Parisian. Mm. he'd fill that throne as well yeah he'd love it he'd Definitely. love a photo in that throne wouldn't he he wouldn't post it on social media it would like to be a background on his phone he's the only person who would look appropriately sized in it yeah well, he'd get the throne pregnant rather than the other way around <laughs> 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 what a myth what a myth <laughs> we can but only guess um, right next up um not so much a question more of an observation from uh king wolf there is actually a question in here um I- i'll go through the middle bit first um but whilst it was a bad week for a men's uh first team um as a holistic uh club the whole club are in a positive place with women's team dominating if you're in through to the semi-final etc should we hold back from our overall judgment until the end of the season no, this <laughs> is kind of like the question from before, the way where do you kind of take a broader view of things, or 
is it like bipolar to react in the moment? And you can do both. When you, we'll talk about the whole season overall when it's over. Yeah, the the, mm. the 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 answers in the question is the overall judgment will obviously come at the end of the season. But at this point in time, we're more than happy to absolutely cry our eyes out on a podcast about the fact that we just lost to West Ham. So. Yeah, I think, and actually, you know what? I've en- I've enjoyed doing the, you know, month review and the month preview the last couple of well since the turn of the year, because I think that's an adequate amount of time to yeah. review a review a series of fixtures without it feeling too, um, you know, too reactionary. But also, we have to react to the end of game because sometimes you can be crap for ninety minutes. And you need has to it, say it. It just, just because you played well the week before. Has it already marched, by the way? Like, oh no! Yeah. Where's that come from? Jesus, it's upsetting. Well, look at it the other way. You could have get forty six points from thirty four games in the championship, as they are now, <laughs> playing a game more than Luton Town, and being eight points behind them. <laughs> That is bonkers. How far have they done caught done fall? But don't worry, they did beat us a decade ago by a lot. You know, don't don't forget that's Stu. No. Can never it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. Last question uh from Ash Dolan. Do we all have Stockholm syndrome? <laughs> um, <laughs> um as for continuous abuse, uh this club gives us his borderline unfair. <laughs> um and also, what's your favourite flavour of Starburst? Maybe that's what it is, because we're all empathising with Bruno, aren't we? No, like, oh, poor Bruno. Look at him yeah. with his lack of players. Small <laughs> squad. Let's give him oh. another season. Jeff. Sort it out, Jeff. He needs he needs six more transfer windows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, cool. You can only judge him in 2025 and onwards. Yeah, cool. It's Tagging Fosun International and saying, come on, you cowards back him. <laughs> Which is what I've done for the last two turns for Windows. Whoever picks up the social media there is thinking, what, is this guy a disgruntled holiday maker in club medals? <laughs> yeah. like like, or is it a uh, sort of pharmaceutical inquiry? Someone had a reaction to one of our drugs? Or... <laughs> no, it, no, it's a Wolves fan. I feel it's very, uh, when it comes to Fosun and Wolves, I feel it's very 30 Rock-esque. Um where it's like they're a shine hot wig company of of it all, and you know walls of this really low down subsidiary. But because we're so emotionally invested, in, we think that you know everybody in Fosun International HQ, all they are talking about is walls twenty four seven, not the hundreds of other uh, you know businesses in their portfolios. Um, but the more important question was flavor of Starburst guys, because I've got purple on ones. This. Nah, uh, purple, purple or red, one or, one or the other. Because I, I, I used to, I used to take green. them all out of the wrapper and line them up, and then do what did you? Have? No, so I'd have the, I'd leave the best till last. So I'd have the purple and red ones. Why did you take them out of the wrapper though? Yeah, because they're already wrapped up in the wrappers are all coordinated colours. They are specifically there to protect them. Like, yeah, like, so you, you'd put, you'd, un- you'd take the outer shell out put that on the table and then unwrap them individually so you ain't going to put 
mess about preparing it all like a meal and then you'd eat it in in color coordination order you've you've exposed them to the elements for no reason like well they're not going to last for very long i mean you'd eat with the wrappers in like minutes no but why would you eat the whole thing in minutes who eats them in in minutes they're not squashies if you <laughs> you open if I open something, it take it look at the size of me. If I open something, it's not gonna be saved for later. They're gonna be Honestly, The more I look at Stu, the more he looks like Den Donker in his retirement, like having that go <laughs> like, himself a little bit. Like. But why do you want I don't see my, my sort of thought on this is I don't think any flavour is ridiculously superior to the rest, and it works because you get the mixture of different flavours. Now, I don't quite understand the need to reorder all of them. Do you only do that with Starburst? Do you do it with fruit pastels as well? Do you do it with wine gums? Surely I'm, it's I'm, bore, I'm it's going down a rabbit hole here. It's boring as hell having all the same flavours at the end. Just yeah. that, surely. No, because it's like, it's like how you eat a beef dinner. Like if you eat a roast. Like, mm. I'll always make sure there's more meat at the end than anything else. You just leave the meat? No, I, I, have a bit of meat. I was going to say... Have it in order. Like so you, meat, you have roast, having, carrots, peas. I eat my food in a very specific order. For Are you having egg. like pure vegetarian bites, like in between? Like? Yeah, and then I'm I'm sick inside because I'm I'm not eating. I'm, I'm in a carnivore. Um, for yeah, some reason, a, I'm on Team Stew here. I'm on roast dinners. I'm on Team Stew, but I will eat all my vegetables. All my potatoes, then I'll eat all the meat. And I know it's weird. I can't quite get behind because it's all in the plate in front of me. But surely, yeah, I'm not that in bad. A packet, you can. To be fair, I mean, I'll, I'll cut you guys some slack. Generally speaking, European food is the, Europe is the only place on the planet where basically you don't just chuck something in the pot and make it a curry. So, you know what? If that's how you want to eat your food. <laughs> That's how you guys eat your food. Us, us Asians and us, us <laughs> South Americans and, and the rest of the world who are on on a, on the right planet, um, we'll do the right thing. So you look like when we were for the curry last week. I, if you were watching me, well, when you want tapping your trousers and drying yourself, <laughs> God um, sake, can't even start this. Still, we moved my, on. My, my trousers are literally hanging here. Still, I haven't even picked them up off the clothes horse. <laughs> but I always leave a bit of chicken till the last. So I just do. So I don't know, just shovel it all in. Yeah. But then there's chicken. I don't mind that. With the numbers. See? I don't mind it's that. It's a similar okay. principle. But yeah, so fruit pastels is the same. Fruit pastels with the, the, the red and the purple ones are always last. It's colours. Well, it's like a traffic light of flavour. <laughs> but I'm not going to edit the audio, but that silence could have genuinely gone for <laughs> 10 seconds. That's fascinating. <laughs> Stu, yet again. I, it's logical. There's so there's so many it's strands so to Stu's life <laughs> that just fascinate, like genuinely. You do every, you feel, I feel like you do everything in a unique way. Is that is that? Is that <laughs> it's ready for you to do normally. <laughs> oh, we've um, talked about you going to the toilet and stuff, haven't we? Standing standing up, standing up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <from> a height. <laughs> standing up to wipe. Is that is that you as well? Yeah, well, yeah, because that makes that makes perfect sense. <laughs> <sighs> and we'll do it. This is staining. We'll do a poll properly. Look, we've, look, we've been better. See, you've done this now. You've put this out <laughs> into the public. I've said this for years that we should have a proper poll on Twitter. <laughs> if you wipe standing 
or sitting or slash squatting, and now it's going to have to happen. And it's all your fault, Gunny. Oh. And Edgy Fowl and Tom and Tom are going to have to join this farce, and we're going to have to get their opinions. We're going to turn him away from the podcast, aren't we? Well, I was going to say we've only yeah. they've done so well with a few pods they've been on as well. Uh, well, well. I feel like um, that's probably before we get carried away. <laughs> yeah, a good point to end the show. But do keep an eye out for our socials at Wolves Fancast for any interesting polls that may or may not come out in the next <laughs> coming days. Um, it's it's a, at Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Big shouts out to 90 Min Football Network and also to our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Uh, we will be back uh, to preview the Palace game um, later this week. And until then, it's goodbye from Gully. See you guys. It's goodbye from Stu. See you later. And it's goodbye from me. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>